Yo, what's up, Banana Sludge? Welcome back to the Sludcast. Can you believe it's already summertime? I just want to take a moment for all of us to pat ourselves on the back for pushing through the spring quarter. Congratulations, you made it to summer. So for today's episode, I wanted to continue the sustainability series. And I love this sustainability series because it allows me to consider the effects of our everyday habits and make progress towards a cleaner and more sustainable future with all of you. So technically, I started doing research for this episode back in April when I was looking at the UCSC News Center and came across the article titled, Study of U.S. Tuna Fisheries Explores Nexus of Climate Change, Sustainable Seafood. Plus, I had just seen Seaspiracy at this point, so I naturally clicked on the article to learn more about sustainable seafood. For me, Seaspiracy was an eye-opener because it burned images of some questionable processes behind the seafood industry, and a lot of those were just the slaughtering of animals, sea animals. But if you haven't already seen the documentary, I would definitely recommend it. On Netflix, by the way. Anyway, when I read the article, I already felt like I had a slight idea of what was going on in our oceans. But I learned that researchers at UCSC and NOAA, or National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, were comparing the carbon footprint of U.S. tuna fisheries to come to a conclusion of how we can all advance seafood sustainability. First, I had to look up what a carbon footprint was just to be sure. But... It is the amount of carbon dioxide and other carbon compounds emitted due to the consumption of fossil fuels by a particular person, group, etc. And so I learned that skipjack from Perseen fleets had an estimated carbon footprint almost low enough to compete with plant-based protein sources like tofu, but this style of fishing can have relatively high bycatch. On the other hand, skipjack produced from trolling has almost no bycatch. But the study estimates its carbon footprint falls on the higher end of the protein spectrum between pork and beef. It's also important to mention that bycatch is the unintentional catching of marine life when going for a target species. So basically, companies need to find a way to get out of this weird position where one method has almost no bycatch but a high carbon footprint and the method with the low carbon footprint has relatively high bycatch. And it seems like seafood producers need to find a method that is efficient in both using fuel and catching fish. And this article ends with a nice conclusion saying, Companies are asking themselves, what is our carbon footprint? And that awareness can help them lead important change in the industry. That is something all companies should be asking themselves. But it also makes me wonder how UC Santa Cruz dining halls tackle seafood sustainability and food sustainability in general. While researching more about UCSC dining halls, I came across the Did You Know fact section and realized that I didn't really know much about the behind the scenes of UC Santa Cruz dining. Like the fact that UCSC dining halls provide us with farm to table produce that comes straight from the 30 acre campus farm or their partnership with Monterey Regional Waste Management that allows them to divert over 600 tons of compost per year. And last but not least, the UCSC Center for Agroecology and Sustainable Food Systems is the country's leading university program in sustainable agriculture and food systems. So the question is, how do we as students, staff, or faculty actively work on reducing our carbon footprint with UC Santa Cruz dining halls? 
Doing more research, I learned that UCSC dining halls highly encourage the practice of reducing food waste and simple sustainability efforts such as sorting all food waste, compostable items, and recyclables into the correct bins. And by taking those extra steps to recycle correctly by wiping recyclable items clean. I can't say the same for all other restaurants or markets who couldn't care less about the environment. So it was relieving to find out that UCSC's financial affairs department uses what's called a green purchasing guide. The reasoning behind this green purchasing guide is that one of the easiest ways to positively impact the environment is through your purchasing decisions. I can rest well knowing that our school is making the best decisions by making efforts to do all of these great things I'm about to say. Minimize pollution, reduce water and energy use, avoid environmental health hazards on our campus and within our community, divert material from the landfill, improve the availability and use of environmentally preferable product, encourage suppliers to reduce their environmental impact and to send that message up their supply chain, support locally produced goods and services, educate and inform ourselves, campus requesters and end users, and suppliers of the best environmentally responsible purchasing choices. And if you want to learn more about the Green Purchasing Guide, click that link in the description. With all this talk about UC Santa Cruz dining halls, did you ever imagine you would work for one? Well, there's actually a great opportunity for any students looking to work in the dining halls and you have until July 18th to apply for the upcoming fall quarter. If you want a great learning opportunity that gives you a way to get involved in the magic of UCSC dining halls and also the convenience of working on campus, then I think this job is for you. And if you're interested, check the description for the place to go to apply. And that's pretty much it for today's episode, but you know I gotta shout out some Instagrams as always. With that being said, you should go follow at UCSC Dining to keep up with Santa Cruz Dining Halls and at UCSC Zero Waste for keeping up with student sustainability advisors and the tips they suggest for reducing our carbon footprints. And of course, if you're not already following at UCSC.DSAS, you might as well do that. I'm going to include all three counts in the description so you can go follow those. But I just wanted to thank you all for listening to the end. Of course, I'll be back soon with some more heat, but in the meantime, I suggest you listen to my fellow Slugcasters and their amazing episodes. Peace out, Banana Slugs.